Welcome to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance with Monique Malcolm, a podcast about brilliant people leveraging their passions to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the course of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast, or come hang out with me on Instagram at starchasersonly. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Star Chasers, this episode of Pimp Your Brilliance is brought to you by the Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a goal setting guide, mini vision board and day planner. It provides a simple structure to help you break your goals into actionable steps that you can integrate into your daily life. Pre-orders are now open for the new and improved Galaxy Visionary Journal. For more information and to pre-order a copy, visit visionaryjournal.co. Welcome to mini number 14. For more information and for show notes, you can find them at keepchasingthestars.com backslash M14. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to give a little bit of housekeeping note. I'm going to be going on a brief hiatus for December and January. Now that the holidays are here and we're in full swing of planner season, I'd really love to have some time to take a step back, reflect, think about what went really well for this season of the podcast, think about, you know, ways I can improve and have an opportunity to reach out to new people and book some more guests and batch schedule some more interviews. So I am taking a break, a much needed break, uh, but I am really excited to come back for season two with a bigger, better podcast and even more fantastic guests. So there'll be another episode before the end of November, but after November is over, I'll be just shutting it down and I'll come back in February. So sorry, I know you guys might be sad about that, but there's like 29 episodes worth of content already. So if you have not been listening since the beginning, you have some work to do yourself. But I hope that you guys have happy holidays. And without further ado, let's talk about success. So I have another listener question, and it is from Taryn Jerez, and she wants to know, at what point in your business journey did you start to truly feel successful by your own definition? And when I thought about this question, it was like, ooh, that is, it's not a hard question, but I'm going to be honest, it's taken me a number of years to really feel at a place where I feel successful and I feel comfortable. At the same time, um, I don't feel wildly successful. There's still, you know, things that I'm working on in my business, things that I want to improve, uh, trying to bring in more income and stabilize things. And this is just a part of the journey. Like you learn new things and you try to implement them and apply them. But overall, I would say that I do feel successful, but I don't think I really came to that realization until a little bit over a year ago. And I'll tell you the story behind that, because I think that's the best way to answer this question. So I moved to Bradenton, Florida, just under four years ago with my family. And if you don't know, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. So all of my life is in Orlando. I did all of my schooling, including college. I had my son in Orlando, you know, all my family's in Orlando, all my best friends in the world. I met them in Orlando or they still live in Orlando. So Orlando is home for me. Um, And I left a really good situation. I had like a really great friendship circle and my my parents live there. So, you know, there's a lot tied up in Orlando. 
And so um, we moved here because my husband got an opportunity to get a promotion. And at the time I was like, kind of apprehensive, like, oh, I don't want to leave Orlando. But at the same time, I felt like there was nothing holding us there. And if this was an opportunity that was going to help you help him advance the way that he wanted to in the company, then I should be supportive of that. So I told him to say yes. And we packed up and we moved to Bradenton. So for perspective, Bradenton is about two hours away from Orlando. It's on the coast of Florida. Um, And at the time, I was thinking this was going to be like a one year deal. We were going to be here a year, and then we were going to be able to go back to Orlando. Well, fast forward almost four years later and two apartments later, and we're still here. So, um, but the reason I bring that up is because I hated it. Like, I hated it so much. I hated living here, like, so passionately. And I went back to Orlando pretty much all the time because I just did not like it here. And um, in the beginning of January... January 2016, I got really sick and I was sick and in and out of the hospital for the, the majority of the beginning of that year. And it was, that was a really difficult time in itself. But after, you know, I had to have some surgical intervention and I started getting better, I asked my husband to buy me a bike because I realized like I love biking and the only reason why I don't bike is because I didn't have a bike. So... He bought me this bike and having that bike forced me to get out and ride it. So I started riding to the park and I started biking to the beach and biking to the nature preserve and just kind of exploring these areas around the city that I could get to by bike. And one day I was riding down to the beach and it takes me from where I used to live was about a 45 minute bike ride. So I was biking to the beach and I got there and I just had this overwhelming epiphany. And it was like, you are living your dream life. And the reason I say that is because like my life's goal has always been to live like ridiculously close to the beach. Like my life's goal is to have a tiny condo on the beach. Like that's what I want. When I retire, I want a tiny condo on the beach. And so it was not until that day that I realized I was already living that part of my dream life. Like I've always wanted to live so ridiculously close to the beach that we didn't have to think about going. Like we didn't have to pack a car. We didn't have, it didn't have to be a day trip. We didn't have to take time off of work. Like I've always wanted to live so close to the beach that I could just go at any moment, anywhere. Like I could just be like, I want to go to the beach right now, the second, and I would be close enough to go. But in the dream, I just always saw the beach as like my backyard. I'm living in the condo and I walk out my door and there's the beach. And um, it really forced me to realize that like, wow, you're you're kind of being ungrateful because you got that. Like you live 10 minutes from the beach. Like my apartment at the time when I had this epiphany was 10 minutes from the beach. Like I'm seven miles from the beach. It's crazy how close to the beach I live. And I had this other thought that kind of followed that epiphany. And it was that in wanting this dream and wanting this version of my success, you know, being close to the beach as a version of my success, I never reconciled the fact that I was going to have to lose things or give up things in order to have that dream come to pass. And what I mean by that is 
I didn't reconcile that I was going to have to leave my family and I was going to have to leave my friends in my comfort zone. And I, I want to point that out because sometimes we have goals or we have a certain measure of success that we're trying to reach and we don't consider what we have to give up to reach that thing. And sometimes we do think about what we have to give up, but we are short-sighted in realizing what we have to gain. So with this, you know, moving to the beach, I never considered that I'm going to have to give up living close to my family or being really close to my best friends because my mom, she's not leaving Orlando. My dad, he's not leaving Orlando. My best friend, her and her family are not packing up to leave Orlando. And so I never considered those things that I was going to have to leave those people behind in order to gain this better version of my life that I wanted. So after that epiphany, it really made me step back and think like, you've been really ungrateful because you've desired something your entire life and you got it. And for the past two years, like you just flat out hated it. (laughs) And so um, that was a huge perspective shift. And that really changed the way I felt about where I live, because it's like you got what you wanted. Like you can go to the beach right now and it's not even a big deal. And you can stay there for 30 minutes and come home and it's it's nothing. So, you know, a part of a part of that is realizing that um, this is a success because my business allows me to do that. Uh, my business allowed me to pack up my life and move away with my my husband and my son and not have to worry about looking for a job. Um, my business has allowed me, you know, during that time when I was going through all of that um, extended illness to still have a business to come back to. I mean, it was things were slowed down, but things did not completely stop. And so, you know, I count that as a success. And that I really had to spend some time reflecting back on what does success really look like? Because I think we have a tendency to attach our success to our finances. And yes, your financial freedom is a part of your success, but it's not the only measure of your success. And you have to be really careful about that because it has a trickle down effect. And you may find yourself equating your worth to the numbers in your bank account. And those things are just not going to be equivalent. Another thing I want to point out is your success can be as big or as small as you want it to be. We are in this time where it's so easy to connect and compare (laughs) thanks to the power of the Internet and social media. But we have to stop looking for indicators of success in those places because you're not going to find it. We're all doing it for the gram. Even if you think that you're not, we all are. An important thing to um, realize and shut that stuff out because that's not really going to be fulfilling if you're chasing somebody else's measures or success or if you're chasing what Instagram shows as uh, successful. So, you know, having a huge house or sipping champagne and just some of these things that I find are a little bit cliche that we tend to see over and over again online as like showing that we made it. But maybe that's not what you want. Like maybe maybe you don't want a tiny condo on the beach like I do. Maybe you want a big house in the burbs or maybe you want to live out in the country on a huge acreage of land or maybe you want to live in a high rise in a bustling city like 
it's going to be individual for you. And that's totally fine. You have to lean into what success feels like for you, what feels good for you, what your value systems are, what you ultimately want. And so I have learned that, you know, uh, be grateful, stay aware, because your success may already be here. And maybe you're just blinded by the fact that it did not come wrapped up in a shiny bow in a package the way that you imagined it in your mind. But it could very well already be here. So that's my story about when I started to truly feel successful. And it's crazy after, you know, eight plus years of working online in some capacity and about five years of working for myself full time um, that, you know, just in the last year and a half, I have found a place where I'm comfortable with my level of success. And, you know, on a on a just a purely business note, I think what I've been able to do with the Visionary Journal is a huge uh, tie into my what, how I feel about my success because, you know, it still blows my mind that I created an entire planner system. Like, y'all, I made a planner system and I've been able to produce it successfully for three years. And, you know, that's amazing in itself and what I've been able to do. So, you know, don't let other people tell you what success looks like or force you to feel like it's a certain amount of cash in the bank or it's a certain size house or a certain size car or a certain wardrobe. It didn't have to be any of those things. Maybe none of those things appeal to you. And if they don't, don't chase them. Chase the the version of success that you want for yourself. So that is it. And I hope I answered your question, Taryn. If you have a listener question that you would love for me to answer on the podcast, hit me up. Hello at keepchasingthestars.com. I would love to answer your questions in a future episode. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Learn more about this show and get access to show notes by visiting keepchasingthestars.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe for updates. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliance.